0: Miss Milah Rahman Rahim, Alhamdullah Rubil Alamin, Mosullah, who was Sella Mabarak, Allah, Nabina, Muhammad Wala Ali, he was Sahbihi, Ejmain, Rabbi Rahli, Sodri, Wayasirli, Emri, Wahlu, Rok, the Tamil Lisani, Yafkahu, Koli, Allah, my Alimna, my Enfaruna, one Farna, Bima Alam Tana, Wazidna, Ilma. Last week we spoke about how the Muslim army. Under the command of Sa'd ibn Abi Waqqas arrived at Al Qadisiyah in Iraq to confront the army of the Persian Empire. And we mentioned how the Kisra of Persia, the ruler of Persia, Yazdajard, he ordered the Persian military commander, who was named Rustum, to go and confront the Muslims and to fight the Muslims. So Saad and his army have arrived in Al Qadisiya and Yazdajard, he tells Rustum, go with your army and fight them. Now Rustum, the Persian military commander, he felt uncomfortable with this command. So he procrastinated as much as possible. He knew he had no choice but to obey the command of the Kisra. Yazdajard is telling him to do this. So he has to do it but because he was not comfortable with this command he tried to delay it as much as possible so he procrastinated as much as he could saying okay we're training we're preparing we're doing this we're doing that but then finally he had to move forward with his army and eventually they reached al-qadisiyyah now sa'ad ibn abi waqas and his army they were waiting in Qadisiyah for 4 months they were waiting for 4 months for the army of rustum to arrived. Alright, now finally when the army of Rustum arrived at Al-Qadisiyah, Rustum sent a messenger to the Muslim commander, to sa ibn Abi Waqqas. He sent a messenger to him and the message said that I want you to send a representative, a Muslim representative to me. I want to talk to a representative from your side first before we actually start fighting. Maybe there's a way we can talk this out and we can resolve this peacefully. So Rustum requests that Saad send him a representative from the Muslim side. So Saad ibn Abi Waqqas, he agreed. He said, okay, we'll do this. And he sent a messenger to Rustum. And the messenger that he sent was Al-Mughira ibn Shu'bah, so Al-Mughira bin Shu'ba radiallahu anhu, he meets with Rustum. And Rustum asks him, why are you here? Why did you people come to our land? What do you want? And then Al-Mughira, he explains to him, he said, we, the Arabs, we were disunited before. We were fighting amongst each other before. We were worshipping idols before. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed us by sending us a messenger from amongst ourselves. He sent us Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we became brothers, we became united, and we worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. So our situation was the worst of situations, and now our situation has become the best of situations. So we have come here to spread our religion. Our religion is the truth. And our religion is the religion of justice you people are people of oppression you are tyrants you oppress your people we have come with Islam and with Islam the people will become free they will become in a situation where they can live in peace without fear of being oppressed so we have come For this purpose, to spread the truth, to spread the light of Islam. So, after listening to Al Mughira ibn Shu'bah and this explanation, he sent him away. He said, Okay, I've heard what you have to say. And Al Mughira ibn Shu'bah left. Then Rustum sent another message to Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas. He sent a second message to Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas, telling him, Please send another representative. You sent one representative, I want you to send another representative as well. So he sent this message to Sa'ad. And in the meantime, Rustum ordered his own people to decorate his tent, to adorn his tent. Now, Rustum, he had his tent, the command center, right? He ordered his people decorate the tent, adorn it with all types of jewels and pearls and other precious stones. Adorn it with cushions that are lined with gold. And... Set up a throne for me, a throne that is made of gold so that when the messenger of the Muslims comes to meet me, I will be sitting on this throne and I will be in this adorned tent. This was his thinking and the reason why he wanted to do this because he wanted the representative of the Muslims to come and meet him in this type of situation where he's sitting on a gold throne with all of these jewels all over the place, these gold embroidered cushions all over the place. And he's thinking that when the Muslim representative comes and meets him in this type of a state, that he will be awestruck. And he will become scared and intimidated that this is the person that we're going to fight against. A person who is so rich and so powerful. How can we fight such a person? He wanted to put awe and fear in the heart of the Muslim representative. This was his thinking. And it shows he really doesn't know who the Muslims are. He thinks that the Muslims will be impressed by this type of a thing. It shows that he really doesn't know the thinking of a Muslim. So anyway, Saad received the message that Rustam wants another representative to come and meet him and talk to him. So Saad agrees again. He says, okay, I will send a second representative. And this time he sends a representative by the name of Rub'i ibn Amir. Rub'i ibn Amir. Now, Rub'i ibn Amir, he's a pure Bedouin. Right? There is a difference between the people who grow up in the cities and the people who grow up in the villages. Right? So, Rub'i, he's a pure Arab Bedouin. The way that he looks, the way that he talks, the way that he dresses, the way that he interacts with other people, he's a Bedouin. Unrefined. Right? So, Rub'i, He accepts this mission from Sa'ad and he goes to meet Rustum. And as a Bedouin, he has the most simple clothes. He even has simple weapons, simple armor. He looks very rugged by his looks. His clothes are rugged clothes as well. And he has two braids. His hair is braided into two braids. So he arrives at Rustum's camp. And Rustum's security guards tell Rubai, You can go inside the tent and meet Rustum, and when you enter the tent, you must make sujood to him. You must make sujood to Rustum. So Rubai says, What are you talking about? I'm not going to make sujood to Rustum. Remember, you asked for me. I didn't say I want to come and meet your commander. You are the ones who asked for me. So, I didn't request that I want to meet with Rustum. So you have no right to tell me what to do. Who are you to tell me what to do that I have to go and make sujood? No, I'm not going to do anything that I don't want to do. You have requested me. You are in no position to make any type of demands. So they go back into the tent. Rustum is, uh, is inside the tent and Rub'i is still outside. So Rustum's men go back inside the tent and they tell Rustum that. He's saying that if he enters he will not make sujood to you. He will not prostrate to you. So Rustum is upset about this because he expects that anyone who comes to meet him should show respect by making sujood to him. This is the way that these these Persian commanders used to think. So Rustum says, Okay, if he refuses to make sujood, then we will force him to make prostration. We will force him to bow down and then what he ordered to be done to his tent he said lower the door lower the door so that it's that it is below his height below rubi's height so imagine let's say rubi is about six feet tall he says make make the door the top of the door make it like five feet tall so that when he comes into the tent he has to bow his head to come inside so this is rustum's thinking He said, in this way we'll make sure that he comes and he prostrates, he bows in front of us even if he doesn't want to. We're going to force his hand. So Rustum's men, they set up the door in such a way. They lower the top of the door. And then they go back outside. Rub'i doesn't know about this conversation. And they tell Rub'i, yes, okay. Rustum is ready to meet you now. So Rub'i says, okay. And he comes towards the tent. And when he reaches the door of the tent he realizes that they have lowered it and he knows he's smart he knows that they did this on purpose because i refuse to make sujood to him they think that they can force me to bow down that when i enter inside this tent i have to bow down this is what they think that they can do so he knew exactly what they were thinking but rubi had his own trick to bypass this type of intimidation from Rustum, so what did he do? He turned around backwards and he entered with his back instead of with his front. He bow, he, 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 of course he had to he had to lower his head, but not towards Rustum. He lowered it the other way, and then he entered the tent of Rustum with his back facing towards Rustum so Rustum thought that. He's going to force him to show respect by bowing towards him. But instead, Rustum got extremely humiliated that he was entered upon with Rub'i's back facing towards him. This is considered the worst type of insult that you come inside and meet a person not with your face but with your back facing them. So, Rustum, instead of, instead of feeling honored, he felt embarrassed and he felt humiliated. His plan actually backfired upon him. So he's angry. Rustum was very angry at this, but what could he do? He couldn't do anything because he is the one who requested this meeting. He is the one who requested this meeting, so he knew that he can't say anything to Rub'i. Now Rustum enters the tent and he sees all of these jewels and this gold and these pearls and these gold embroidered cushions all over the place. He sees Rustum sitting on a huge golden throne. But Rub'i is not affected at all by what he sees. It doesn't matter at all to him. It's like nothing to him. So they see that he's not intimidated, he's not scared. He doesn't even give a second glance to these things. It's like nothing to him. So they realize this. So the conversation then starts between Rustum and Rub'i ibn Amir. So Rustum asks Rubi'i, why are you here? Why did you people come to our land? And Rubi'i explains to him similar to what Al-Mughira ibn Shu'ba explained. He said, Allah sent us to free the people from worshipping the creation and guide them to the worship of the creator. We want to free the people from this oppression of worshipping creations. You people, you Persians, you force your people to worship your kisra. We are here to free the people of those, those shackles. We are here to free the people of this false worship and to guide them to the worship of the Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are here to free the people from oppression and guide them to justice. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us to call the people to the truth. Whoever accepts the truth, if you people accept it, if you accept the truth, then you are safe. We will leave and you can keep your kingdom. If you accept the truth, and you become Muslims. But whoever rejects the truth, after the truth is clarified to them, if they refuse to accept it and they continue to reject it, then we will fight until we achieve the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We will fight until we achieve the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is between two things. It is either victory or martyrdom. Either we will be victorious or we will be martyred. And that is still a victory as well. Dying the death of a shaheed. So this is the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Rustum, after listening to what Rub'i has to say, he says, okay, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. And I want some time to think about your proposition. You said that if we, we accept what you are saying and we accept your religion, then you will leave. So... Give me some time to think about this and to discuss this with our leaders and we will get back to you. So just give us some time. So Rubi says, yes, okay, that's fair. I can give you some time. How much time do you need? Do you need one day? Or you need two days? And then Rustum says, No, what one day, two days. We need a lot of time for this. This is a huge decision we need to make. We need to consult Yes, Dajard, we need to consult the Kisra in Madain. We need to send letters to the different leaders of the different cities. And we need to get their input. So this is going to take some time. So we need a longer period of time. And then Rub'i says that our Prophet Muhammad wasallam he never allowed us to give more than three days after we meet the enemy. Once we meet the enemy, these negotiations, cannot go on for more than three days so three days is your maximum that's the most I can give you three days and after three days after your three days are over then you have to select one out of three choices you have three days to think about it and then after the three days are over it's time to make a decision and your decision has to be one of three choices either you accept Islam if you accept Islam alhamdulillah You stay here, you keep everything and you rule according to the Qur'an and the Sunnah but you can keep your positions and we will leave. So that's your first choice, you can accept Islam. If you don't want to accept Islam then there is still a peaceful resolution that is possible but you have to pay the jizya. You have to relinquish control of your lands to us and you have to pay us the jizya and we will protect you. You will be under our protection then. That's the second choice. If you refuse both of these choices, you refuse to accept Islam, and you refuse to pay the jizya, then the third choice is we will fight. There will be a battle. There will be a war. So you have three days, and then after three days, you have to select one of these three choices. So then Rustum, after listening to this, he asks Rub'i, are you a leader from amongst your people that you have the authority to give us these three days? But you know, usually this is a decision that has to be made by someone who is in charge. That yes, we can give you three days before we actually fight. Are you a leader from amongst your people that you have this authority to give us this time to consider? And then Rubi said, no, I'm just a common man from the army of the Muslims. I'm not a leader, but we Muslims, we are like one body. If one of us promises safety to another person, then it is always honored, even by the leaders. Even if a common layman from the Muslims promises safety to a person, then everyone must honor that. This is from our rules and our integrity as Muslims. So Rustum said to Rubi, okay, three days. We'll take the three days to consider. So Rubi says, okay, you take your three days. And then Rubi, he leaves. After Rubai left, Rustum gathered his advisors. And Rustum said to them, Wow, I was really impressed with the way that this man was talking. Very impressive. Have you ever seen anyone speak with more wisdom than this man? So Rustum was thinking before this meeting, he was thinking that Rubai would be impressed with him, with his throne, and with his jewels, and with his gold embroidered cushions. He thought that he was going to be the one who is going to impress Rub'i. But in the end, it was the opposite. Rub'i, with his talk, with his wisdom, with the way he spoke, he is the one who ended up impressing Rustum instead. So after Rub'i left, this is what Rustum said to his people, to his advisors Have you ever seen anyone speak with more wisdom than this man? I'm really impressed with him. And then the advisors of Rustum said, Don't be impressed. How can you be impressed with this man? Did you see how he was dressed? Did you see his clothes? How can you be impressed with a man who is dressed in such a rugged type of way? He's dressed like a poor person. How can you be impressed with him? And then Rustum said, The clothes don't matter. Who cares what type of clothes he was wearing? It's all about the aql. It's all about the mind and the speech. And you could see that this man had a good mind and he had very good speech and he was a man of wisdom. Who cares what type of clothes he was wearing? That doesn't mean anything. So Rustum, he had some type of logical thinking, right? So the next day, now Rustum and his army, they're within these three days now that they have to consider before any fighting starts. So the next day after he met Rubi, while they're still in their three day consideration period, Rustum sent another message to Saad. This is the third message he sends to Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas, saying, Please send one more guy. I want to talk to one more. And the reason why Rustum did this, because he wants to see are all the Muslims like this guy? Or is this person just special? Was Rub'i just special? He was so impressed with him. And he wanted to know are all the Muslims like this too? Or is, is that just a special case? So he asked Sa'ad, Please send one more representative. So Sa'ad sent Hudayfa ibn Muhsin. Hudayfa ibn Muhsin. And he asked him the same type of questions that he asked the previous two representatives, and Hudayfa answered in the same way, with the same type of responses. So now Rustum realizes that this is the thinking and the attitude of the Muslims in general. This is the way that they think. So he's pretty impressed. Alright, so now the three days are over. The three days are over, and Rustum still he does not want to accept Islam and he does not want to pay the jizya because he feels that this will be a humiliation. So he knows that, okay, now the only situation is that we're going to have to fight. So after the three days days are over, Saad ibn Abi Waqqas sends Al-Mughira ibn Shu'ba one more time as a last final warning. Tell him, okay, look, now your three days are up. This is your last chance. Either accept Islam or pay the jizya. If you don't do it, then the fighting will begin. So he sent Mughira ibn Shu'bah with the final warning after the time period of consideration was up. So Al-Mughira ibn Shu'bah, he reaches Rustum and he tells Rustum that, look, your time is up now. And then Rustum says, you know, you people, you Muslims, you are like a fly. A fly who sees some honey so a fly sees honey and wants to go to that honey and when the fly goes to that honey and it lands on the honey it's not able to get up and escape once the fly lands on the honey then they're in a big problem the fly is in a big problem and it will not be able to get out of the mess that it has put itself in so he said you muslims are like that you're like flies that see honey. You came to our land. You have your eyes on your land. You want to take over our land. But now you have put yourself in such a situation where you're not going to be able to escape. Just like the fly is not able to escape from the honey. This is what Rustum tells al murira And he continues and he's saying, Who do you think you are? Do you know who we are? We are the Persian Empire. We are the strongest empire on the earth do you think that you can just come in and take over like that do you think that we're going to let this happen so this is what rustum tells al-mughira and then he makes mughira an offer he says look i still want to end this without any fighting rustum tells mughira that look you muslims you have no chance against us but still I want to have mercy upon you and I don't want to hurt you people. So this is what I can do for you. Every single person in your army, every single one of your fighters, I will give clothing to them. He noticed that the Muslims are poor. They have very raggedy type of clothing. So he says, look, every single one of of your fighters, every single member of the Muslim army, I will provide with new clothing good clothing and as for your leader I will provide him with clothing and I will provide him with 1000 dinars and I will provide him with riding animals so just take these gifts from us and just leave we forgive you we're not going to take you to account for trying to come and take over our land we're not going to punish you for trying to take over our land right just take this offer and leave, and we're not going to bother you. So then Mughira, he says to Rustum, you're talking big. You say all of this after we have already humiliated you. We have already humiliated you. We have already come into your land. And I'm telling you right now that if we fight, the end result is going to be that you people, you Persians are going to become our slaves. We're going to become slaves for the Muslims. We're going to beat you and we're going to capture your men and you are going to become our slaves. I'm telling you, this is going to be the result if we fight. So Rustum, he's very angry with this, but he sees that there is no compromise possible and that the only way that this is going to go is to battle. There's going to be a battle. It's inevitable now. There's going to be an all-out war. So now both sides know that it's time for the confrontation. Both sides prepare for the battle, for the fight. And both sides made sure that there was a communication system to their rulers in their respective capitals. Remember the capital of the Muslim state is al Madina, and the ruler is Umar ibn al-Khattab in Medina. So there has to be communication between Saad and Umar, also the Persians they had to make sure that they have their communication with Rustum uh, with uh, between Rustum and Yezdajart. Yezdajart is in the capital of the Persian Empire, which is Madain, right? So both sides make sure that they have a communication system with their rulers in their capitals. As for the Muslims, the way that. Sa'ad communicated with Umar ibn Khattab. The only way that they could communicate was by sending letters with a rider that would go from Al Qadisiyah to Medina. So Sa'ad would write down his message, he would give it to the messenger, the messenger would take his horse and he would go to Medina to give that message to Umar ibn Khattab. And Umar ibn Khattab. When he wanted to send any message to Sa'ad, it was the same thing. He would write the message, he would send it with a rider, and the rider would ride his horse from Medina to Qadisiyyah. So now this system of exchanging messages from the field to the capital, from Sa'ad to Umar, the turnover, turnover time was pretty long. It would take days for a message to reach from Sa'ad to Umar, or a message to reach from Umar to Sa'ad. It would literally take days for this to happen. Because that is basically what they had at their disposal. They didn't have any faster way to communicate than this. But as for the Persians, they had a much more efficient and advanced communication system. Can you imagine that they were able to get their messages? Rustum was able to get his messages to the Kisra Yazdajar within a matter of hours instead of a matter of days. Even though the travel distance between Al-Qadisiyah and Madayan, it's a travel distance of many days. But still he was able to get his messages to Yazdajard within a matter of hours. How did they do this? What was the efficient method of communication that they used? It's pretty amazing actually. Now as we mentioned, the Persian army was huge. It was huge. Right? So they had people stationed at strategic points on the pathway between al-Qadisiyah and Madaya they had officers stationed at different posts all throughout the path so how would they send their messages they would orally send their messages they would have they would actually have someone who would shout the message they would have these callers So the caller from Rustum's camp in al Qadisiyah, He would shout out the message. He would shout out the message. And then it would be heard by the officer who is positioned at the next point. He would hear it with his ear. And then he would shout it out as well. And then the person in the next position would hear it. And then he would shout it out as well. And then the person in the next position would hear it and he would shout it out as well. So their communication method was an oral communication method. And it's as fast as the speed of sound. It's as fast as the speed of sound from one person to another person. So literally, the messages from Rustum would reach Yazdajard within a matter of hours instead of a matter of days. That's how advanced their communication system was. So they were able to efficiently communicate with each other more efficiently than the Muslims were able to communicate with Umar ibn al-Khattab. So this is just some of the preparation that they made in, in preparation for this great battle that is about to take place, the battle of Al-Qadisiyah. So now it's time for the confrontation. Both sides are ready to fight and inshallah next week we will actually speak about the fighting that took place in the battle of Al-Qadisiyah. We'll speak about that in our next lesson, inshallah. Jazakumullah kheira wa baraka wa sallallahu wa sallam Muhammad wa ala wa